Okay, I think we're gonna go ahead and get started, and then if more people trickle in, that's great. But we're small, but we're mighty. I'm glad you guys are all here. <laughs> Feel free to scoot in if you want to. I feel like this is kind of a bigger room to have this breakout in. Um, but my name's Morgan, if I haven't met you yet. Oh, I'm Shyla. Hi. <laughs> and we're both on staff um, with Sumo at K-State. And so this is my fourth year on staff. And this is, I've been on staff more than a few years. Um, but this picture my family. Me and my husband Cody have been married for ten and a half years now. Those are our three kids, Kaysen, Maven, and Bowen. They're six, four, and two. They're a ton of fun. And we we're both actually G5s at K-State. Any what G5s is? out there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, not actually, but actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, which is fun. But we're excited to talk to you guys a little bit um, today about why who and what we choose to follow and surround ourselves with matters. And then um, who we want to ultimately be influencing us and then how we can even pick our influencers well. And so kind of to start us off, I'm going to show a picture of six different things on the screen that either were recently trends or trends now. And so I want you guys to even hold up the number on your hand of things that you either own, um, you've done before, or even you've just like heard about. So here's our items. Go ahead and hold up the number on your hand. We've got a Stanley Cup, the a few of these things in the room. Right? Taz Uggs, is that what they're called? Flare leggings, okay. I see a lot of, a lot of numbers. Okay, great, you guys can put your hands down. Um, but yeah, we have Stanley Cup, Taz Uggs, flare leggings, a Carhartt, the 12 free 30 workout, I just recently learned about this. Um, and then like the chrome nails or Haley Bieber nails, or if you guys have heard of the red nail theory, someone just also told me about that recently. Um, but anyway, I feel like a lot of you guys, I saw a lot of sixes, a lot of fives. I mean, I also know about all these things. Um, and even thinking about it, it's crazy to think about like, um, what, like two or three years ago, probably no one even knew what a Stanley Cup was unless they were like a big ice hockey fan, you know? Um, or for me growing up, Carhartt was only a brand worn by like 60 year old men in like rural America that were farmers. Yeah. And now every girl has a Carhartt beanie. So it's just crazy to think about, but I feel like simply put, the reason that we all know about these things is because we're all really easily influenced to some extent. And so, yeah, the people and the things we surround ourselves with really do influence us. Um, and so that's what we're going to even um, take some time to think about and talk about today is what does the Bible even have to say about being influenced by things? And so we're going to start off, turn to the people around you and discuss this discussion question. How have influencers persuaded you in the past to try, do something, or change the way that you live? Okay, so we can probably all agree there's lots of things, people, products that influence us personally on a regular basis. Maybe for you guys it's TikTok, it's another social media platform. Um, it could just be your phones in general. Um, it could be peers, friendships from your past or present. Um, it could be books that you read. Um, it could be substances like vaping, dab pins, um, alcohol, the party culture. There's lots of different things that honestly probably influence our lives. And so they're all helping us to become someone. The matter, or the question really is, what is that kind of person that we are becoming? Is it helping us to become who we want to be? Or is it kind of taking us away from what we ultimately want to be true of our lives? Um, so again, real quick in your same groups, you can answer this question. Um, how have you seen these other influences either positively or negatively impact you? Um, and then even what would you say are some of the main influences currently in your life right now? So you guys can talk about that and then we'll bring it back. Okay, hope you guys got a chance to share a few things. Sorry to cut you off. Um, but if you guys want to go ahead and pull out your handouts, um, we have a couple of main points we're going to be talking through. Um, and so you'll see on your handout that first main point. Um, your blanks there, and um, we're going to start with that one. It says, it matters who we listen to. So it matters who we listen to. So whether we realize it or not, the people that we allow into, into our lives are going to impact us and influence us 
um, for good or for worse. Um, you know, some things probably are going to have greater impacts than others. For example, some of the trends we talked about, that's not necessarily going to like impact us as a person or a character or who we are. But some of these other things very well might or change our perspective or, you know, how we view or think about different things. Um, and so even if there's, you know, I know for me there's even been times where maybe there's people I'll follow that I'm like, okay, I do not agree with them, but like I'll follow them because they're funny or it's interesting or whatever. But then what I don't realize is that over time those things start to dull my senses or even make things seem normal that really God says aren't normal or shouldn't be normal even in our culture or world. Um, and so it's just crazy to think about how even some of those, those smaller things that don't seem like a big, a big deal over time really could impact us um, and impact even just decisions or attitudes that we might have. And I'm not saying we want to live in a closet. Like we need to have holistic you know, knowledge about things that are going on, but even how are those things subconsciously kind of um, getting into our lives and impacting us in different ways. So we're going to spend some time, and on the screen, um, there's some different verses from the Bible of what God has to say about influences in our life. So in your groups, if you guys want to switch them up, you can, or stay in the same groups. Um, but I want you to read through those, and then just talk about, um, in your groups, what stood out, and even answer this question, what does the Bible have to say about the importance of influences in our life? So we'll give you a few minutes for that, and then we'll bring it back together. Okay, well, hopefully you guys got to share a few highlights. Um, there's probably a lot of takeaways from some of these verses. I like them a lot. But a couple that stood out to me, Proverbs 27, 17. Um, we're talking about how iron sharpens iron. I thought that one was really good. Um, and just thinking about how, you know, others sharpen us, but then at the same time, I'm part of the sharpening. So even, you know, who I am, my decisions, my behaviors also impact others. I'm either sharpening them in a good way or not in a good way. Um, and then even the first one, Proverbs 13, 20, I just think it's crazy to think about who I do life with really does impact me for good or for worse. Um, and so just, yeah, how much that plays into everything. Um, so we probably can all think of either personally um, different examples in our life or even just in the history of the world, um, different examples of maybe poor leaders or poor influences that others followed. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of kind of crazy examples, and then we'll talk about it kind of more of how it plays out in our life. Um, so some of you may have heard, um, have you guys ever heard the term, drink, they drink the Kool-Aid? Do you know where that came from? It's from like this cult that several years ago, this leader basically influenced all of his followers to drink the Kool-Aid, which was deadly poison, and they all died, um, which is crazy. Um, and seems kind of out there, but that's where you get the term, the, they drink the Kool-Aid. Um, or even, um, maybe you guys have heard of those have, who have been catfished, um, lots of different stories of that. I feel like even, what was that, what's the guy's name that was the main one you're talking about? Oh, um, the football player from Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, that's his name. I can never remember his name. But basically, um, being catfished, like, they just come up with these crazy, believable stories that just aren't true about them, and they basically deceive all these people into following them or believing that they're, they're someone that they're not. Um, and so hopefully for most of us, we're not going to be um, told to drink the Kool-Aid and we're not going to you know, buy into that lie or be catfished anytime soon. Um, but for those people that that really did happen to, it wasn't just this one big lie at once that they believed. It was, it was these like small steps, small, subtle lies that they started believing that over time got them to make this big decision. Um, and so for us, that could be even just when we are following friends or influencers on social media and, you know, maybe we start to buy into this little lie of like, oh, this is what life should be like, or they're promoting this, and so that's what, that's what I need, or that's what I want, or I have to have, or it just kind of gives us this false perception of what our life should or shouldn't be like. Um, and so, 
and these things can influence us. So it's kind of like this pot. I brought a pot from home. Um, Morgan is going to be my Vienna White right now. <laughs> um, okay, and so say we are making soup, okay, in our pots, and the contents, the things that you put into your pot, um, are going to impact the outcome of the soup and what it tastes like, so the different ingredients and stuff, so to speak. So um, the pot is like our life. Um, and so this is us. This is my um, daughter's little dollhouse person. But we're going into the pot of our life, okay? And so these are some of the different things that could impact us. So it could be body image. Um, it could be relationships. It could be social media, um, status, peers, or friendships. Um, it could be music we listen to or different substances that we have. Um, those things are all mixed into our life. And sometimes it's easy to think that like, oh, this is just one thing. It doesn't, you know, it's just kind of outside. It's over here. But really it does go into our pot. And as it's stirred around and really impacts our life, um, it changes who we are, our decisions, our perceptions, our behaviors, all of those sort of things. So if you can put the pot down. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's funny because Jesus talks about a similar idea of this in the Bible. And he tells his disciples, a lot of times he says, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And so basically what he's saying is he's saying, hey, be on alert because there's lots of false ideas out there. There's lots of false teachings. And the Pharisees were a group of people that um, weren't promoting truth. And you guys probably know what yeast is, but yeast is like this really small ingredient that um, you put it into dough to make bread rise. So it changes the consistency and the texture um, of the bread. And so it's a very small, small ingredient, but it's super mighty because it impacts the whole outcome of the bread. And so basically what Jesus is saying is, hey, like, what are you allowing into the pot of your life? Um, because just a little bit of the wrong influences are going to greatly impact you more than you might think. Um, and then another main source of influence is just our phones. So they probably influence us without us thinking about it, honestly. So this is a quick um, stat for you. But the average college student spends at least 8 to 10 hours a day on their phone. Um, and this includes like texting and emails and stuff too. But I would say probably the majority of that is, you know, social media, Netflix, and different things like that. So compare that to spending maybe five, ten minutes a day reading the Bible or God's Word. Maybe that looks different for you, depending on where you're at in your relationship with God. But, you know, how do we want to tip the scales to be, you know, accurate in, in what we're allowing to influence our life? Um, and then we flip the slide. Okay, yeah, there's this book. Um, it's called The Principle of the Path. Um, and it's by this author, his name is Andy Stanley. Um, it's a great book. He just talks about this idea. He says, direction, not intention, determines our destination. Um, so basically what he's saying is, you know, a lot of times we'll think, okay, I want this outcome. And so as long as I like, you know, have the right heart about it, or like, if I really want it, it doesn't matter what path I take to get there, I'll get there because I have good intentions or because my heart is in the right place, so to speak. Um, but basically what he's saying is like, hey, life doesn't work that way. Like the path you take, like you will end up in that direction that you go ultimately, not just because, you know, you feel good that you're going to get over here. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like even just in college for you guys, it's easy to think that direction, directions or decisions that you make now aren't going to impact you later in life. But even for you, for me, they very much will. Um, in this verse, Galatians 6, 7, it's on the screen that says, um, just talks about how we reap what we sow. Um, and so what we're reaping now, we're going to be sowing later on. So who do you want to be 5, 10, 15 years from now? Um, and that person is basically built on the daily decisions that you're making right now, who you're allowing to influence your life now. So in your groups, you guys can talk about this question. Um, who are you currently letting influence you? And then are there any changes you need to, meet, to make even as you 
consider what that looks like for you. So take a few minutes and then we'll bring you back. And then we're gonna move on to our second point that you guys see on that handout. And so the second thing is we can trust God to be our source of truth. So you can go ahead and fill that in there. We can trust God to be our source of truth. And so we're gonna do the same thing we did for the first point. So with the people around you, go ahead and read these verses. Um, the two at the bottom were a little bit longer, so go, you can go ahead and look those up on your own. But as you read through these, just even answer that question at the top of what does the Bible have to say about God being the best source of truth? So go ahead and talk with the people around you, and then we'll bring us back together. Go ahead and wrap that up. Hopefully you guys got through most of those, if not all of them. Um, but these really are some of my favorite verses of just even giving us a picture of who God is, and then even how he views us, and in turn, how we should view him. So even thinking of some of those verses you guys got to read and discuss, think of Genesis 1-1 saying, okay, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then later in chapter 1 we see that he created mankind, male and female. In Psalm 139, W.C. even talked about this, but saying that he knit, knit each of us together in our mother's womb, knows everything about us, every hair in our head, when we sit, when we rise, literally every detail about our lives. Then in Romans 8.32, God talks about if he sacrificed his own son, doesn't that even prove that he wants our best? And then in John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come, and then Jesus is talking here, says, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. And so even when we really start to think about it, if God really did create us, knows what's best for us, um, and how everything works, why would we go to someone else who maybe doesn't know who we are and ultimately may not have our best intentions in mind or even care about us personally? So, so why wouldn't we go to the creator who made us, like Genesis 1-1 says, knows us deeply, like Psalm 139 says, loves us sacrificially, like we see in Romans 8:32, and then even desires to give us life to the full, like John 10:10 talks about. And so it's kind of like if you or I were going down to the hub or the main session, and you happen to drop your phone off of one of those massive escalators, like the very top, probably wouldn't end well for you. So what would you do in that situation? Would you go to your roommate and be like, hey, can you help me? Probably not. I'm sure your roommate wants to help you. Um, they probably won't be able to. Or even thinking about me, maybe you'd like call your parents. I feel like I always call my mom and dad when I'm in a pinch. And my dad even, he used to be in IT before he retired, so he knows all about phones. But I can almost guarantee you what he's going to tell me. He's going to say, call the Apple store. Um, or call an Apple representative. Or do that chat online at Apple if you've ever done that. They're actually really helpful. Um, but why is he going to do that? It's like he cares about me, just like my roommates care about me. They would love to help me, but they, they aren't going to be able to. And so it's because, well, Apple created the iPhone. Apple knows the iPhone best. They know what's wrong with it. They can identify the problem and what's, what it needs to even be fixed and repaired. And so in the same way, we can trust Apple to be our source of truth because they created the iPhone. They know the iPhone deeply. But in a really similar way, we can trust God because he created us and knows us deeply. So even thinking of a couple of those other verses, uh, Matthew 7, 24 and 27 is one of my favorites. But it says, um, yeah, God says that when we listen to his words and put them into practice, which means actually living by what the Bible says and then trusting God to be our source of truth and guidance, we'll be like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. So that's something that's sturdy and reliable rather than a foolish man says that has built his house on a weak foundation, that when the storms come, that when the storms of life come, it falls. And so we want something that's really sturdy and reliable, obviously not something that's weak to build our life on. And if you're like me or any girl, I'm like, my emotions change 10 times a day. So it's like, I'm a roller coaster and I'm not super sturdy and reliable. My friends, my family, who might care about me and want my best, also probably aren't super sturdy and reliable when it compares to God. He says he's our rock and he says he's really the only source of truth that never actually changes. And we even see that in Proverbs 35 too. It says, every word of God proves true. 
So we can trust the Bible to be our source of truth because it's never wrong. It never lies. It's sometimes hard to hear, but it's always right. And it's always what we need to hear. And so there's even a breakout that talks about this. I think it's offered the next two times. It's called, Is the Bible Even Legit? And I think Blake's leading it, and it's going to be really good. And so th- if this is a question that you've even wrestled with, I would definitely encourage you to go to that. This is something that I didn't even figure out for myself. I didn't just automatically trust that the Bible was true, but I actually had to figure out if it was before I was going to base my whole entire life on it. And so we actually have some handouts, too, over there. Um, if that's even a topic that interests you, you want to learn more about um, what the Bible is, the Bible's validity, and why we can trust it, feel free to grab one of those um, on your way out. Um, but right now, go ahead and discuss with the people around you in this discussion question what even stands out to you about how it matters who we listen to and why the Bible should be our ultimate source of truth. And we'll bring us back together. Okay, I hope I got to share a few things. can wrap up that final thought. Um, but as we have been talking about, it's important that we have examples and models for us to follow. Um, and so how do we make sure we have the right influences in our life? So on your handout, we have a little checklist, so to speak, um, to hopefully help you, even as you consider who you want to be influencing your life. And so these aren't meant to be judgmental towards others or anything. It's just simply kind of like a filter you can use as you're thinking through, okay, what are the good influences that I want to have in my life? So we're going to run through them um, fairly briefly, and then you guys will get a chance to talk about them here um, in just a sec. But the first one is, is the Bible their ultimate source of truth? Um, and so John 14, 6 talks about this. just talking about how Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so oftentimes people can say the name of Jesus, and it sounds really good. Um, but then when you get down to the nitty-gritty of things, um, do they actually... Um, trust God's word to be the ultimate authority in their life, or are they kind of picking and choosing? So there's honestly, I think you mentioned this, Morgan, but there's a lot of harder truths in the Bible. And so are they taking both the harder truths as well as even the things that are more comfortable um, so that they're ultimate source of truth? And then number two, are they sharing truth from God's word and applying it in a biblical way? Oftentimes on social media, you'll find people that use verses or phrases, and it sounds really spiritual. And maybe it is. Oftentimes it definitely can be. But are they taking a verse um, and using it out of context? Or um, is it really being used for its intended actual meaning from the Bible? Um, There's a verse in 2 Timothy, I think it's on the screen, um, it just talks about how it's easy for us to not put up with sound doctrine. It says, to suit their own desires, we'll gather around us a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. So we want people to tell us what we want to hear oftentimes. Um, and so, but is it, even if it sounds good, is it really um, actually true and right and from God's word? Um, and then I would just say, be wary of anyone who is an influencer in promoting faith. It doesn't mean that they can't be trusted. They definitely can be at times. Um, but oftentimes, the greater the influence, the greater the desire to manipulate or even to not have integrity in seeking to maintain that influence. Um, so that's number two. And then number three, are they raising my bar in standard or are they lowering it? So are they raising my bar of godliness, of character? Um, We're not going to read through this whole thing, but in Titus 2, it just talks about um, basically how following Christ teaches us to live pure lives in all areas. And so is that true of them? And are they raising um, raising my bar in that? Or are they just neutral or even lowering my bar in some of these areas? And then number four, am I at a place where I can influence them? Or will they mostly be influencing me? Um, I love this verse in 2 Timothy 2. It says, flee the evil desires of youth. And flee basically just means to turn away, to like go in the opposite direction, um, to basically turn around and run. And so what are those things in your life? Are you in a situation or around a group of people or you know, around these different influences that are they having ultimate influence over you or can you in- be influenced 
around them. And we all have different temptations um, and things that are harder for each of us. And it's okay to run, it's okay to flee, as this verse says, um, if that really is something um, that's harder for us. And so um, can we influence them or will they mostly be influencing us? And then number five, what does the trajectory of their life look like and do I want that? Um, so we talked about this earlier, but who do you want to be five or ten years from now? And then follow those that you want to be like. Even um, this verse, Hebrews 13, 7, just talks about um, how we want to consider the outcome of our leaders and imitate their faith. And it just shows that we want to look up, look ahead, see who's in front of us, um, and not just be, you know, taking advice from peers or friends around us. I feel like I really experienced this whenever I was starting to make decisions after college because I was like, oh, all my friends are in the same season of life, like they might not have the best advice about like transitioning out of college or these next steps because they're doing it too, like they've never experienced that. Um, so just even having people that we can look up and look ahead to um, and emulate their life. So that's number five. Yeah, and then number six is, are they living for what's temporary or eternal? So a couple verses here, but 2 Corinthians 4.18 says we should fix our eyes on eternal things. And then James 4.14 says, why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And so the Bible says that our life here on earth is really short. It's like a mist. It's we're here one minute and then gone the next. And so good question you can ask yourself is, are the people that you're following and surrounding yourself with living for what will last or just investing in the temporary? And then number seven is, do they have a track record of consistently living out and applying God's word over a period of time? And so in this verse here in 1 Thess 4.1, Paul's affirming the Thessalonians for doing just this. So he encourages them to continue consistently living out and applying God's word more and more is what he says, because he knows how beneficial it is. And so we also want this to be true of the people that we're allowing to influence us, because it's going to be beneficial for us if the people around us are living this way as well. So then number eight is, is this, is what they're sharing going with or against the cultural norm? So Matthew 7 talks about um, what it looks like to follow Jesus, and it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to life and destruction, or that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So the Bible says following Jesus isn't always popular, but it actually describes following Jesus as the narrow road. And so we want to surround ourselves with people who are willing to walk on the narrow road, which um, will ultimately, like Matthew 7 says, lead to life. Especially if we're trying to do this too, if we're also trying to walk in the narrow path, the narrow road, it's only going to be beneficial to us if we surround ourselves with other people who are also doing this as well. So then number nine is how much of their life do I actually see or how much of it am I just assuming is there? And so you really want to know the people that you're following um, versus just hearing about them or knowing about them. We actually want to know about their lives. Um, and so 1 John 2, 3-6 through says... We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So I feel like that verse is challenging because you really have to know someone's life well to know if this is even true of them. And so we want that to be true of the people that we're following as well. And then the last one, are they both talking the talk and walking it out? Or just saying the right things but not actually applying it. And so the verse in James 1 talks about this. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. And then later on in the verse, it goes on to say that this person will be blessed in what they do. And so are the people influencing you saying the right things, but then not actually backing it up with their life? 
And so we want to surround ourselves with people who are both talking the talk, but then also walking it out as well. And so go ahead and turn to the people around you. And even as you look back over this list, go ahead and discuss what stands out to you from this checklist. But then also as you consider what you want your standard to be, um, would there be any other questions that you would even add? So go ahead and discuss this question. We'll bring us back together. Okay, well, to wrap us up, um, we just want to give you guys a few quick practicals, even as you consider um, how to take what we've talked about and then apply it personally. And so we have three. So the first one is know your Bible and God deeply. Know your Bible and God deeply. So we want to know the true source to know if what we're hearing, listening, watching, um, if we want to know if those things are accurate or not. So spend time getting to know God, even as Morgan talked about, just how God loves you, he created you, he wants your best, um, and so we really can trust him um, and get to know him through spending time in the word. On the back of your handout, we actually have a reading plan. If you need a place to go, this is, I think it walks through the whole book of Luke, um, and so this is just Jesus' life on earth. It's a great place to start um, getting into God's word. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 just talks about how God's word is God-breathed. And even just how it corrects us, it guides us, it encourages us. Um, even there's this verse um, on the, the next verse, I guess, in Psalm 19. I really love this verse. It's talking about how God's word is like honey. It's sweet to the soul. And even there's just all these different descriptions um, that it gives about the word of God. And it's funny because even the first time I read that, I was like, oh, that sounds really great. Like, it's refreshing, it's perfect, it's trustworthy. But then it's a totally another thing to like read that and be like, oh, I've experienced how it's refreshing or how it gives wise to the, the simple, it makes the simple wise, like how all of those things I can actually like experience it in my life. Um, it really is crazy. I can't explain it, but there's just something about this over 2000 year old book that like meets me where I'm at every time. Um, even I could tell you story after story, even from this week of how just time with God um, how God has met me specifically as I've been in the word with him. And it really, it's not supposed to be like this homework assignment. It's meant to be this key that unlocks a personal relationship with God. So it really is the greatest source of fulfillment and purpose and joy. Um, so get to know God, get to know him through reading your Bible. So that's the first one. And then the second one is remove the clutter. And so um, has anyone ever heard of the show Hoarding Buried Alive? Anyone? used to be on TLC. I don't know if it is anymore. I used to watch that all the time. So you guys kind of know what the, the whole concept is. These people's lives are in utter chaos because they've hoarded their whole entire lives. And so this team of people comes in and this person's life and their home has a lot of great potential, but they can't begin to transform it until they do what? They remove all the clutter. And so even though that seems kind of extreme, even thinking of our own lives, we all probably on some level have some type of clutter in our life that's keeping us from being influenced by the right people and the right things. Um, and so this application point might be even, as you think of like social media, um, and just even the countless opinions and thoughts and maybe perceived truth that we can find there. Even when we think about how much time college students spend on their phones, like Shiloh was talking about eight to 10 hours and just thinking about, okay, well, how much time could we spend on what she just got done talking about of knowing God and his Bible and God's word really deeply. Um, even thinking of Romans 12, one through two, says that we shouldn't conform to the pattern of the world we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds, um, then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. And so we renew our minds by getting to know God and what he says. Um, but in order to do that, we have to remove all the unnecessary clutter so we can make room for what's actually important. And so even thinking of some of these questions and personal reflection, what could it even look like for you to adjust your relationship with your phone? Um, what would it look like to not actually, or to actually be okay with silence at times and not always have to be entertained? 
This even might mean removing, um, removing the clutter might mean yeah, you might have to stop following certain people on social media or just even turning the volume down on certain influences in your life, whether that's actual people or people that you follow, so that you can turn the volume up on God and his word um, so that Romans 12, 1 through 2 can really be true of us and we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Okay, yeah, and then the third one is prioritize the right influencers. Prioritize the right influencers. So just take time to evaluate who is actually influencing me versus who, who do you want to be influencing you. So who are you around both physically day-to-day as well as on social media, and how can you adjust your schedule? Even as Morgan was talking about, what do you need to cut out, and then what do you need even to bring in to your life more? Um, and if you're really wanting to prioritize just faith and growth opportunities, how can you prioritize late nights back on campus or... Um, a small group or a Bible study, going to church on Sundays, even having a specific reading plan for getting into the Bible every day. Um, Yeah, having a spiritual mentor in your life, getting time with them. Um, And real quick, I just want to say this doesn't mean that you like ditch all of your friends that aren't great influences, um, but it just means thinking through, okay, how do I adjust the volume maybe um, on certain ones in my life? So 1 Corinthians 15.33 talks about how bad company corrupts good character. So even just thinking, okay, who's the company around me, and how do I need to adjust that? Um, and this is kind of a side note too, but even those that you can really trust, um, honestly, are those who have finished well in life, who've walked with God, um, and who've finished well. Um, and so maybe over the next several months or next coming years, some of your greatest heroes in the faith might be men and women who have already died. Um, even Second Timothy 4.7 Paul's writing this um, in the book of Timothy, and he says, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Um, and so not many people are going to start and finish well. We're all works in progress, but seek to be influenced by those who seem to be headed towards the finish line, or even those who have already crossed the finish line. I know for me, one of my favorite people, if you spend any time around me, um, you'll know that I love Elizabeth Elliot. Maven's middle name is Elizabeth, after Elizabeth Elliot. Um, but I've never met her. I'll meet her in heaven one day, but she's the most incredible person. I love getting to to learn from her. So I'll listen to her. I'll read anything from her, even over a recent podcast or a popular upcoming speaker, just because she's proven her life has really backed up her message. Um, And I've learned so much from her, and I don't even know her personally. Um, So yeah, these are just a few things that we wanted to give you guys. It's um, just a, you can even take a picture of this actually if you want. Um, But we wanted to give you some resources that hopefully are helpful to you, even as you consider who do you want to be influencing your life. So there's some different websites, articles, um, names of people that even you can trust um, that hopefully will get you started even as you consider, okay, who can be people that I want to, I want them around in my life and how can I um, be learning from them. And then also the bookstore at the, the hub, there's tons of great books there from authors that you can trust. Um, and so if you haven't gotten to go to the bookstore yet, go check that out sometime. Yeah, and before we wrap up, if you guys want, feel free to come grab one of those handouts about just the Bible's validity and why we can trust it, if that's something you want to read more about. Um, but hopefully this is even helpful in just helping you guys begin to think about what God really could do with this area of your life. I even think of the theme of the conference, what if, and just even thinking of a couple of these questions of, okay, what if you actually trusted God to be your source of truth? You didn't just say God was your source of truth, but you actually trusted him to be what would that look like in your life? Um, or what could God do with your life if you really chose to follow and live for him? Even thinking about this next semester, what could change? Then even thinking, who could you influence as a result of being influenced by God? And what could God just do with your life? And so, yeah, thanks for coming, guys. And I think now you guys are launching into a time of a break slash dinner. So.
Do I get something fun to eat? 